0: Hello everybody, welcome to Fosket Rewatch, episode 20. Hey, episode 20, we're right up the end. And uh, as usual, I'm Cartwood Hats and joining me is Red Nightmare. It's a boy! Spoilers! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Sorry. Well, we're going to be uh, talking about the episode Hidden Memory, which is basically the second part of a two-parter. Mm-hmm. Which is sort of half of the four-parter that is the end of the... First season, which also has a fifth part in the start of season it's, two. It's confu- It's weird, <laughs> <laughs> but we'll get to that in in time. But first of all, we have to continue on from Nerve, where we found the Gamak base. We met Scorpius for the first time. Mm-hmm. Jolina turned up again, and man- we managed to save Aaron. This is actually the first time we have a previously on Force gate. <laughs> yeah, which is done by Dargo, and it does like a whole bit... It's not just the last episode, it's like a bunch of other stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Like, le- a lot of stuff leading up to it. But at the end of it, Crichton was still trapped on the Gammock base and being subjected to the Aurora chair. Mm-hmm. He was doing the Fast get rewatch himself. <laughs> 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 we were chatting about this after the end of uh, recording, but if we had been a bit... Uh, Kania, we probably should have called this podcast the Aurora Chair. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> We just, didn't think of it until we actually watched the episode. We're like, oh my god, that was perfect!
1: <laughs> I mean, to be completely honest, that would have been very confusing for everyone who been, hadn't seen the series. It would
0: have been a bit inside baseball, but yeah, that's, that's okay. <laughs> I don't like doing for this show. <laughs> Fair enough, yeah. Alright, let's uh, continue on with the adventure. So, we actually start off with, uh, once we come back from the previously on... Uh, Moya is orbiting the planet which uh, has the gamut base on it, but Moya actually can't leave and Cannot starburst because she just entered full labor. Yeah, she's she's having a baby Yeah, like right now except there's a few issues because pilot has discovered the baby is not a normal Leviathan No, there's something odd about it. We don't know quite what it is yet, but yeah This isn't gonna be an easy birth. I mean really what were we expecting? (laughs) <laughs> like, let's be honest, The a spaceship having a kid? is just... Poof, done? Well, also, it's f- Farscape. We can never do things easily. That's true. <laughs> Something has to go wrong. But meanwhile, Aaron has woken up, and she wants to see Crichton. She's demanding to see him. Mm-hmm. And this is when the rest of the crew reveal that he's still being tortured on the Gammock base in the Aurora chair. Aaron's direct response is, Okay, then I'm getting up. Let's do this. Let's go. Come on. Yeah, let's go get him. She's still hurting, but she's determined to go and rescue Crichton. Everyone else is telling her that's a terrible idea, you're not well, you need more time to rest, and she's like, nope! Going to get him! Yeah,
1: <laughs> and I like that Dargo and Zan, after realizing that there's no talking her down, join her. And Aaron's like, don't try to talk me out of this. And Dargo's like, I'm not going to, I'm coming with you. If you get to be stupid, I can be stupid. I get to be stupid as well.
0: I actually wrote down the exact line, which was, if you can be an idiot, I can be an idiot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I you like that. that. I did like that line a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they all head down using a blind path you know, among the sensors that uh, Jolina set up for Chiana's return in the yes. previous
1: episode. They actually used the shuttle in this case because that's the only way they can stuff three people into my ship. <laughs> yep. And uh, can you imagine being with three people in that little tiny little prowler I mean, cockpit?
0: It, it can fit two people, but that's about it. Like not the face, not the face. <laughs> Meanwhile, back on the base, Krace and Scorpius are now both uh, trying to rip memories from Crichton's mind with the Aurora Chair. Yeah, they're tag-teaming in right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, even though, you know, we've got hints that they don't really get along, Krace and Scorpius might be on the same side, but they're not really friends. Hmm. But they're both torturing Crichton, and Crichton is holding something back, and Krace wants to know what it is. Scorpius... I mean, Crichton
1: keeps insisting that he's not holding anything back on the wormholes.
0: Actually, there's quite a good sequence, because he... Has they're convinced that he's holding something back, and they're pressuring him, it's like, what are you hiding? He's like, I'm not hiding anything, for several times until at the end, with the extended kind of torture sequence where he's screaming in pain and all that, he then, he breaks a little bit, and he's like, I'm not hiding anything about wormholes. Yeah, he's hiding something else. So yeah, he gets thrown back into the cell uh, with Stark. At this point...
1: There's actually something funny I saw popping up on, on screen, because it says guest starring Lanny Tupu, and I'm like, Lani Tupu's been in every episode. Well, I yeah, guest
0: starring. <laughs> he's the voice of Pilot. He's guest starring in the flesh. Yes, as Grace, but... <laughs> I know, it, it is a bit of a weird situation, yeah, <laughs> that um, he doesn't get a credit at the start un- unless he's actually turning up as Grace when yeah, he is a really guest star. Yeah, me. <laughs> it would have been fun. You know, starring Lani Tupu. Guest-starring Lani Tupu. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably why they did it, actually, to avoid that happening. Right. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just having a, a bit of fun with that. <laughs> I know, there's probably some breakdown of how contracts work. I, I don't so, know. It's probably. probably something boring and technical like that. I'd... Yeah, I guess for anybody who forgot, Lanny Tupu does
1: both the voice of Pilot and plays Grace.
0: yeah which you would not know from watching Ew. because they're very different. Like, Krace's voice sounds nothing like Pilot's. Nope. So, you know, Lani Tupu does a great job with that. Um, anyway, yeah, we're back in the cell with Stark, and Crichton is out of it. He's kind of losing it a bit. He thinks Stark is sent to Scorpius to spy on him. Yeah, He's like, you're a spy for Scorpi, and Stark's like, I'm not a spy for Scorpi, I'm not. And then we actually find out that Stark is not... As crazy as he's acting.
1: No, he's hamming it up. Yeah, because so... as he puts it himself, it, it makes sure that Scorpio leaves him alone. He's actually trying to escape because he, he's built a sort of sequencer yeah. from pieces of metal he's found and stolen in, uh, around the base uh, whenever he's been dragged back or forth. Mm. And he can basically use it to put in a sequence hoping to get the door open, but he can only try one sequence at a time. So he's basically going one, 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 one. 1112,
0: 1113, etc. 9999, I am the master of unlocking. <laughs> uh, yeah, and he's been there for two cycles and has been trying that for a, at least part of that time and it still hasn't worked. Yeah, and
1: John's like, You're going to be here forever. And I do like that Stark is like, At least I'm trying
0: something. Yeah. we've kind of had that um, reversal of when John gets thrown in there in the last episode he's kind of the sane one and and Stark seems like the crazy one and now we realize that after being tortured in the Aurora chair it's the other way around and John is losing it and Stark is actually trying to escape and he's lucid. Yes that's the right word. I also like that Stark showed
1: uh, John the sequencer, and he goes to the door to try a new sequence. And he realizes, shit! I just told him something, and the chair is gonna pull that out of him. And John's like, no, no, no! I haven't broken yet. I've been keeping something from them. I'll keep this from them as well. Stark's like, eventually, the chair finds every memory. I'm the only one that can keep things from that chair forever.
0: Yeah. So we better get them out of there quick Mm. now. This is also when Jelena hacks into the comms again. And she goes in to check up on him. John's like, you need to get them off my back,
1: figure out something. Okay, she will. And then they break contact. And then later, right before they pick up John, because the chair needs maintenance, she tells him to think about their kiss.
0: Right, because there is actually a scene of the techs are trying to increase the power of the chair, uh, yeah. fiddling with it. And uh, Jelena makes her way in uh, mm-hmm. with a little briefcase full of tools and things, and gets underneath it and there's another peacekeeper tech down there and he's like oh good you're here and you know this stuff better than me and she's like yeah leave, leave me to it I can fix it mm-hmm. and she takes out what looks to be some kind of plastic rod and inserts another one and mm-hmm. then off she goes and uh, it's some kind of sabotage but Ooh. Uh, Sabotage! I'm, tellin- I'm telling all y'all, it's a sabotage. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, this must be the distraction action she was talking about. And that's when she contacts John in the cell says, yeah, you have to remember our kiss on the Zelbinian." And he's like, no, 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 no.
1: That's, that's the thing I've been keeping from them. That's what I'm trying to block out, because John knows if they see that, they know Jelena's an accomplice of his, and they'll arrest her.
0: Yeah, he's trying to protect her. But then Scorpius and Chris come back for John, Mm-hmm. And they open up the cell and... I like Stark because at this point John's actually still
1: talking to Jelena. Uh, she's telling him, just trust me on this. Just trust me. And Stark buys him a bit of time by walking to the door and being like, Scorpi, let me in the chair! Let me in the
0: chair! <laughs> so Scorpi, again, he's like, well, what are you hiding, John? Right, give him the chair! And uh, they're going around and around again and he remembers the kiss during the torture mm-hmm. and then suddenly we see Krace in the memory? Yeah, this is actually... Uh, John is actually seeing the DVD extras. <laughs> <laughs> not even. I mean, he's, this isn't even a deleted scene. This is, fa- this is fan fiction. That's what this is. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's a bit better. Because um,
0: what it is is a false memory, which is um, it's Krace talking to John on Krace's command carrier. I, I do like that John is kissing with somebody who from the back looks like
1: Jelena, but then she turns around and it's clearly not Jelena.
0: Yeah, and uh, talking to John, and he says, "Thank you for giving me all the wormhole technology. Since with this, I can have the power to rise through the ranks in the Peacekeepers." Because my family were farmers, I was conscripted, and all that stuff. And and Grace is like, uh, oh, that didn't happen. What the <laughs> what?" I I do like I do have to comment that
1: because uh, he says in the memory, heavy air quotes. Grace talks like. Okay, oh, it was my family, it was uh, conscripted, uh, never really was part of the lead. And John responds like, okay, thanks for the history lesson, but why do I even care about this? And I like that Jelena writes John very well. <laughs> like, very lifelike. Because that's exactly what
0: what he would have said in that situation. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure exactly, like, they don't go into detail about how the false memory works, whether or not it's... Uh, part suggestion and it uses John's mind to come up with the rest Thank or you. it's like a... It's which is it's probably fine that it doesn't bother with uh, that. Basically, <laughs> I, she sabotaged it to make a false thing. I, I'd like to believe that is very good at writing a far-skip picture. <laughs> 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 but yes, Craze can't believe it and Scorpius is kind of looking at him like oh, there's something oh, else really? going on. Uh. And I like that Craze is telling uh, telling John tell him it's a, it's a false
1: memory and John, at first, is as surprised as, uh, Grace and Scorpius, and then, he's like, Grace, does this mean the jig is up?
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> even, like, he figures out what's going on, <laughs> and he's like, okay, fine, let me, play along with this, <laughs> and then he plays along and says, yeah, I exchanged the information with Grace in, ex- in exchange for my life, and Grace keeps saying that it's a lie and that it's not true, and Scorpius, says, well, there's one way to find out. Yeah. Why do not you go into the chair? <laughs> and Grace is like, you wouldn't do that. I don't believe you'd do that. And Scorpius is like, I've got unconditional authority on this base. I, I can also, do whatever I like. <laughs> I also
1: like that Grace says, never has to been a captain who has had this much disgrace put on him. And I like Scorpius response so like, to, well, there's a first for everything.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Which I remind,
1: reminded me of what you said last week, that Scorpius being a, a different species gives him an outside perspective on these things. Right, yeah. He's like, yes, uh, I don't really care about this honor stuff. No, I'm just doing my goddamn job.
0: Yeah, he seems to be much more focused on, actually, on the work and all that. And it's interesting, when he's trying to convince uh, Crace's guards to seize him, because he says seize him, and then Crace is like, don't listen to that man, you're my Mm -hmm. guards, listen to me. And then he has a speech about, you know, I have unconditional authority to do what is right for the mission. And actually what he says is to the guards is, Do what you feel is right in your hearts, put Crace in the chair, and (laughs) they do! So, Eren is now uh, finding a way into the base, and leaving Dargo and Zan waiting in on the surface because they land on the top of the base.
1: Yeah, Eren points out that they can land here, because if they put up sensors to guard the top, that would give away the fact that there are are actually peacekeepers in this base, and it's not just a hidden block of nuked out material.
0: Exactly. And so they're making their way in, and Crichton has been thrown back in the cell while they give Kreis the chair. <laughs> Stark is actually able to uh, help Crichton because Crichton is kind of collapsed on the floor. and
1: Yeah, uh, He's, he, his mind is coming apart at this point.
0: Yeah, and so Stark cradles him and holds him for a bit. And Stark, if you remember, has his metal half mask on the right side of his face, his right. Uh, but what he does is he says, I can help heal you, so he takes that off and what we see is like a glowing orange light where the other half of his face should be
1: yeah it's like it's like i don 't know it's like looking into a sun,
0: yeah, a little bit like that. it shines a light over John basically, which helps him come back from the impending madness mm-hmm. and then stark reveals that he is actually a member of the Bannock slave race. they mm-hmm. have been kind of almost wiped out by peacekeepers and. They have some, really have some kind of mental or psychic ability because he can keep thoughts hidden and the energy under his mask allows him to hide his feelings, cloud his thoughts, which is what has allowed him to endure the Aurora chair for two cycles. Yeah, I like that he said, the literal line he uses is, what made me a
1: slave keeps me alive in here.
0: Yeah, I'm not quite sure why, how that made him a slave, but I... I don't know either, I'm expecting that will come up at some point. So, Eren has infiltrated the base, she's got down through the top because she's left uh, Zanondaga up there to guard their escape, and uh, she finds Jelena, and it's actually a quite a good reveal because Jelena is on her way out of her quarters, mm-hmm. and then just hand comes around the side of the door and just pins her to the wall, and she's like, ah, what is it? and so like, you remember me, and it's Eren, pops her oh. head around.
1: I like her smile—the uh, slight smile on her face, like "Hi, Jelena." <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's not what she says, but that—that that is the type of smile she has. Like, yeah. And then she thanks her for saving her life in the previous episode.
1: Yeah, because she, Jelena was the one who got the medicine.
0: Then she tells Aaron that uh, Scorpius thinks John is blocking a memory about wormhole technology, but actually, it's the memory of you know when they kissed on the Serbian. John's trying to protect us, so now Aaron mm-hmm. has filled in on that. And so uh, up on the top, while Zan and Dargo are basically setting some explosives, uh, we have them, just a short scene between the two of them, talking about, basically Zan is asking about Dargo's qualter blade. And yeah, it's, a uh, question I would have liked early in the season, actually, <laughs> now, now that I think about it. Yeah, it's like, what, you know, it's an unconventional weapon. Why do you use that? Dargo responds with, it's a gun sword! Gunsword! Gunsword's a gun sword. Gun, gun are fucking cool man! Yeah, that's not <laughs> actually his response. No.
1: That um, should have been
0: his response. <laughs> what it is, is uh, there's another race, more feared than the Peacekeepers, who laid siege to uh, Dargo's planet for over a hundred cycles. And mm-hmm. so by the end, the Luxans had run out of conventional weapons, and all they had were their unconventional weapons, these old... And because blades are basically supposed to be used at the end of days, is what he says.
1: Yeah, they believe that at the end of days, Qualterblades will be the weapon that brings the Luxons to freedom.
0: Yeah, so they're kind of the weapon of last resort.
1: Yeah, that's basically what made, I guess, ceremonially, they are, they are the weapon to always keep at hand. Yep. Because you never know when the end of days comes.
0: I think I do agree that it might have been nicer a bit earlier on in the series, but it doesn't feel uh, entirely out of place here. I guess maybe it's a little bit of foreshadowing of like, this is kind of a big deal. This is the end of the season sort of thing. Ah. I don't know, maybe something like that. But, okay, that thematically I could accept that. So uh, now it's time for Aaron to try and bust John out of prison. Before we keep
1: going, there is something that, really annoyed me in this scene. Because at some point, Jilin says to Aaron, like, why are you already out here? You need at least 10 solar days to recover. And I'm like, days? Wait, we've suddenly started using actual terms for time? Where did <laughs> this one come from? Like, we've been <laughs> using micros, we've been using hours, we've been using cycles, and now, you want to start using days?
0: I, don't worry about it.
1: <laughs> I, was, I was like, it's probably. Figured, I, know, I know it's minor, but it's like that's it's, drop kind of dropping the ball. Like it's, you'd be using all these different terms, and
0: you couldn't come up come up with one for days. It's like, probably man. one term too far. Like, <laughs> like oh god, now how many different things do I have to keep track of? I have to have to keep track of different swear words, different words oh. for bodily parts, and different <laughs> measurements. And like, yeah, okay, days is. Uh, they do. They do make a point of almost always referring them to them as solar days. Okay. Um I guess that's something <laughs> that's something, but it's just like sure. Well listen, I'm from I'm from the UK where we have a a terrifying mixture of both imperial and metric measurements in day to day life. It's a confusing hellscape. Okay. <laughs> so but... this is this is fine. <laughs> <laughs> I was so taken aback by that, like, wait, what's that term doing in my in Farscape's vocabulary? Well, I was a little bit more taken aback when Crace said in the fake memory that he was shanghai <laughs> Although Fair I can enough. I can put that down to it being constructed from John's own mind, but nobody mentions that. No. <laughs> anyway, Erin um, is going to bust John out of prison, and so she is basically working under the pretense that there's uh, something wrong with the cell and you detect- yeah, there's,
1: there's a signal coming from it. We see a chief security officer from the last episode being like, there's nothing here. In other words, you're talking about. See, I'll use the scanner. Beep, 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 beep. Oh, huh, what's
0: that? Aaron responds, probably nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and so they open up the cell and actually the security guy goes off to uh, Stark because that's actually what he's detecting. He's detecting like- his magnetic thing. And Brilliant bluff from Aaron there.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like, wait,
0: how did you know about that? Did you she know did, about that? That wow. was just a happy convenience, I think. I think if, yeah, what would you have done if that hadn't worked? I guess probably knocked him out and taken his Yeah, he used his, his key dead, anyway. Yeah. I
1: think that, that was probably the plan at this point.
0: <laughs> I like that
1: Stark's, because the head of security finds that, the sequencer, and Stark just charges John because he's like, you actually told them? What <laughs> the hell? And he starts half choking him, actually. And. At that point, Aaron just knocks the chief security officer out, and, and uh, Aaron's just standing there. And Stark's like, "Who's that?" And sh- John responds, "It's the radiant Aaron's <laughs> son." She's with me. Let's go. And I do like that Stark does get the sorry in there.
0: Like, he's Stark like, actually oh, does oh. say sorry. Like. <laughs> oh god! Now we actually get to see Chris in the Aurora chair. Oh, and I like that the memories he's
1: reliving are the ones of his family. All yeah. the things that... Basically everything that happened uh, when they were in, uh, on Mollus' planet. Well, he his... right? saw so his brother burning alive and his father uh, yeah. coming again. Okay. Him being
0: shanghai Okay, here's something I don't get. So um, when they're discussing, you know, to put should we put Kreis in the chair? Um, and whether or not the memory is real, uh, Scorpius says, well, you can't make stuff up for the Aurora chair. Yes. And then Kreis says, but that never happened. And then Scorpius is like, well... Was your family farmers? He said, well, yes. It's like, were you conscripted? Well, yes. It's like, how did Crichton know about that? It's like, I don't know. Crace, yeah, you do, though. Like, cause, no, 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 no. Do you know? Half what? of that John knew. John knew it
1: was conscripted. He didn't know it was a farmer's family. That right. wasn't, I don't think it was ever mentioned during uh, that old Black Magic.
0: Yeah, well, he was mentioned that it was conscripted. It's like, well, did you not remember that he saw some of that from Also,
1: this was on a lot of stre- under a lot of stress at that
0: point. <laughs> okay, all right. But yeah so now we actually do see more of that from crazy's memory and uh <laughs> like <laughs> not great
1: under- yeah the, the memories crazy wants to relive the ones that r- disturbed him the first time let's let's look oh, at that again
0: some of these are actually really horrifying like we see the shot again of uh from that old black magic when crazy's uh, brother or the image of crazy's brother gets burned from the outside like oh we yeah. see that again that's horrible <laughs> horrifying that was what- there was one thought running through my mind while we were watching this. I'm
1: like, ah, oh, damn, it's a rerun.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, now Chris, Chris is getting reruns.
1: No, now- no new episodes
0: for him. Well, now Chris gets to do the rewatch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only a few episodes, though. But... The
1: Chris' life rewatch podcast. Not this what that is
0: be. your life. Da, 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 da. Scorpius just comes in with a big red book. Like, <laughs> do you remember this voice? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Try not to
1: spit out my water onto my keyboard over here. <laughs> What's the most important thing
0: in comedy? Timing. Timing. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, back to the scenes of torture. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, <yeah>, sorry.
1: Because, <laughs> yeah, they keep probing Chris's mind because they can see that he's hiding something.
0: Yeah, and again, kind of like. John, we know that he's not hiding what they think he is. Um, Heck, I hadn't even realized what he was hiding until uh, until we see it. Yeah, and what we actually see is we see the memory where he kills Lieutenant Teague from the, the end of that old black magic Wesley, yeah, uh, and reveals that he had received orders from Peacekeeper Command to come back and then deliberately disobeyed them. Yeah, I, I do
1: have to admit that when I saw that I was like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Of course he was hiding that.
0: Yeah, but then the security breach is announced. They've discovered that uh, Creighton has been let out of his cell, and so Scorpius orders the base to be sealed so they can't escape. And while the group of them are escaping, so we've got Stark, John, and Aaron and Jelena, uh, basically they send Stark up an escape, or up like basically a fire escape. Yeah, and, uh, and for some reason
1: they, they don't follow in.
0: Well, they go- I think the idea is to split up so that they uh, can, I don't, know, I don't know. Yeah, it's a bit odd that they don't all go up that way. Anyway, they send him up, and uh, like, right, you go, let's all get out of here. But and they John, hide. Yeah, they're forced to hide under the floor. And Julina finds out they need actually a senior officer's ident chip to yeah, get the rest of
1: the way out. Some guards pass by, nobody notices them. Uh, Julina goes out at some point, because she's the only one that can walk around the base freely. And she finds out that everything has been closed, even the, uh, the, uh, the shaft they were using before. They mm. need the senior officer's ident chip to open those doors at this point. So John's like... <laughs> Okay, let's go back as a senior officer. Oh. Uh, and yeah. Aaron's like, No, 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 You're in no condition to do that. I'll uh, do it.
0: I like, I, but you are, Aaron. Okay, apparently. She, she in is. a better
1: condition than John is at this point.
0: I mean, yeah, that is actually true. They, they, she might still need rest to recover, but John is just kind of her, useless. Her hand's still
1: shaking, but. Yeah,
0: we do see that a couple of times where her hand is shaking. He's like, Stop it! No! I'm no. fine! I'm fine. And so Aaron goes off to go and get an ident chip. And now we go back to Moya and we get back to the uh, troubled pregnancy. Yes.
1: And actually, I think we're doing some things out of order with these scenes, with the scenes in Moya. As in, I think some of them show up earlier or later. But it doesn't matter a bit. Because these 2 stories—that was actually something I noticed—and it's it's a minor gripe with me. But these scenes have no interaction with the other. There there are basically two
0: episodes happening. Yeah, two, two mini episodes happening uh, parallel. Two lines, no waiting. It's yes. like, and so okay. According to my notes and the synopsis, this is when we actually see that we need a vacuum to give birth. Moira needs a vacuum uh, inside.
1: Which, when you think about, it, makes sense. I mean, if if you try to push the kid out with. Pressure on one end and vacuum on the other. It's, it's like. like you <coughs> yeah. It's just launch it. <laughs> like, could you see that? And maybe just being.
0: <laughs> yeah. And so, actually, because we've established that Pilot is not experienced with uh, Leviathan Burst, so when he finds this out, he's like, oh, because uh, uh, the only people left now are Chiana and Ryjon. So like, well, yeah. you better go find somewhere to hide because this is going to happen. You got like
1: 80 microns. Like,
0: 80 seconds
1: it's like what where do we I, I like that the pilots like uh, my den is going to remain and pressurized like, yeah that helps we can't get there in 80 seconds
0: and so the there are some pressurized containers inside the cargo bay and so they have to make their way down there so they run off down there. as he's saying this like uh, as he's finishing his sentence pilot sentence uh, we actually see Rigel immediately start to move off in his little He's yeah. like get out get out Move, move, move!
1: Chiana running after him, and I like that they they find uh, runs into the cargo bay, finds the pods there. And she tries to open one, and it's locked. And the 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 one in the other one opens the pressure pod, and it's like that's Rigel's like, well, there's plenty of room in here. She's and she's like, like, I'm not getting in there with you. like <laughs> <laughs> pilot's like, you have ten microns, hurry. And
0: she's like, all right, fine,
1: I'm, fine. fine. And they lock lock the thing in there in time, but they're. In there together and it's the weirdest, creepiest scene. It is
0: like creepy old man times ten. Rigel is being super creepy. Yeah. Chiana's like, What's that? And he's like, Oh, what's what? And it's like, Where's your hand? And it's like, Oh, it's uh it's down right. there. And he's <laughs> like, you get your get off oh, you <laughs> creepy bastard Rigel. They're, like,
1: <laughs> they're not even the same species, they're not even the same size.
0: Right. I and mean, the only thing
1: I could think of was your description the description you said a while ab- ago about uh, Farscape's description of one bad journey It's Australian BDSM. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. what <laughs>
0: Yeah I guess so <laughs> for some reason that popped into my head. Oh and just the scene uh, Oh, and also in the scene where they're in the container, we get Rigel's helium farts again. yes because <laughs> things, things just... weren't weird enough.
1: <laughs> Both he and and uh Chiana start talking in high pitched voices, What's which okay, let's be honest, that was perfect timing for a callback to that one. Like that was <laughs> What's brilliant.
0: That? It's just a little helium. I don't like being in confined that? confined spaces. <laughs> oh that's just great. <laughs> oh, actually I realized we did skip over this in a previous scene where they're, well while things are still reasonably okay and the birth is just happening a couple of scenes ago, we have um, them talking about how Rigel has had hundreds of offspring. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But he's never been present for any, any of the because <laughs> they're trying to figure out what to do. And he's like, "Well, I don't know. I, I've." And John's like, "You've never been there for one of them." He's like, "No." And all my offspring were small, small, and handsome like their father. <laughs> <laughs> I actually like in that in that scene though, as are talking about that, you have Rigel is holding. He's actually holding, uh, like, a schematic, which mm-hmm. works pretty well with the little puppet. <laughs> He's yeah. just, like, looking up from it. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I realize we didn't talk about that, but uh, that's fine. We've... It's, it's,
1: wor- it's worth mentioning because it's a good joke, but yeah, <laughs> it's not really an instrumental scene. Uh... Well, at that point, it does get established that it's not a normal baby.
0: Yeah. Now we've that. we go back to Rigel, and Tiana are in the tank. They've escaped from the vacuum. They're, <laughs> I they're like that of...
1: Yeah, there's there's the fog of glass and there's Rachel's head. Just wiping it down? It was a... <laughs> like, I'm like, oh god, no. Please
0: don't reference that scene. No. Oh. Titanic. No. Both. <laughs> no, that's weird. Um, and pilot, But then Pilot reveals he so can see the child, and you can get out now and then this is when Moya gives birth. In a way. Sort of. This is when Moya starts to properly give birth. Yeah. And so, but the, but then we cut away and we go back to Aaron... Uh, on the peacekeeper base, looking for a senior officer, and she's gone straight to the Aurora chair mm-hmm. to find Kreis. Oh, this this is a great I scene. I love this scene. This is it's such so a great good. scene. This this scene
1: actually this scene I just I love. I, it has so many functions in the story. Yeah. Like not only does this is this the way how she gets the ident chip. That's just the plot function, but it's also the function of the the arc of Eren.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Again, I think this is Aaron's arc wrapping up for the season.
0: Yeah, it seems to be. So the way the scene unfolds is uh, Chris is in the chair and um, Aaron approaches him from behind so he can't see her. She starts talking to him and he doesn't recognize her and he says, who are you? And she says, I shouldn't expect you to recognize me from my voice. No. And then she kind of approaches and comes around and says, I'm irreversibly contaminated. Do you know who I am now? It's and like, he
1: still doesn't know it until she actually shows her face but
0: that, I mean that's a great callback of like irreversibly contaminated which is from way way back in the first, first episode. episode and he is he's trying to appeal to her peacekeeper past and saying you know I'm still your superior officer you will release me You just like fuck no, no well she says like I'm no longer a peacekeeper and he's mm-hmm. like you swore a blood oath you were a peacekeeper for life and he's like nope I, Your blood oath means nothing to me. I've seen what I've
1: lost by leaving, and I haven't lost anything.
0: I think the exact wording is, I lost everything thanks to you, but you know what I realized? Everything I lost isn't worth a damn. Yeah, that's that's, that's just mine. And it's perfect. so good. It's like, yes, that is... Like I
1: said, That's this is the scene where her arc for the season ends. This Shoot. is where it gets wrapped up in a nice t- bow tie.
0: Yeah, because everything she's learned since she left on Moya made her realize being a peacekeeper is just it means nothing and she's and yeah she's much better off the way she is now and that that because we we've talked about several times in that the temptation of going back to a peacekeeper life has been offered to erin several times yes and she's thought about it like she's entertained the idea whether or not it was realistic she's let that uh idea be entertained in her head but now it's like Mm -hmm. no you know what screw that i'm done Done. It wasn't. It's not worth coming back to. No. And she will never go back. Grace can't order about anymore. And then uh, she takes his ident chip. Mm-hmm. And then Grace is like, You'll track you down and I will kill her. Because, I mean, Grace is nothing if not consistent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> he says exactly the same thing he said to John. <laughs> yeah, I'll uh, track her down and kill you. And she says, Yes, said,
1: yes, yes. Blah, 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 blah.
0: And then she says, I will. You know, I'll show you your life. No, 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 no. What does she say? Give you, uh, ha, oh, I, yeah, 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 yeah. I give you your life.
1: Like, the first time she says it, it's like, okay, I'm not actually going to kill you. Then you find, we find out what she means with that. So she walks to the controls of the Aurora chair, turns it on. And like I give you your whole life. You can watch it, all of it. And she turns it on, cranks it up, walks oh. around, and then pulls the lever to the maximum.
0: And then just walks away. And we, the, the end of that scene is Christ screaming in the chair as it as it rotates. It's like I have in my notes. It's like the at the end of that scene, it's just, damn son. <laughs> That was I mean, intense. probably worse than killing him in some ways. Yeah, it's. I, and I, I, I love that reveal, like you said, of like I will give you your, your life, your whole life. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And oh wow, that was that's a really powerful scene of like Aaron confront, basically confronting and finally letting go of her past and her yeah. desire to return to being a peacekeeper. Uh uh-huh. Like that's that's. I over love that. With, over that was now, that was yeah.
1: that was the scene that like i've said a few times that completes the arc yeah that's where it all comes together that's where uh
0: i love it when a plan comes together
1: yeah i mean that that's two characters they in a way wrapping up their arcs like Darga did it last week mm-hmm. aaron does it this week and i'm expecting the other characters to do it as well the ones with an arc
0: <laughs> i think we did see we sort of saw a bit from uh zan several episodes ago i think rhapsody and blue kind of it wrapped up one part and then left another part hanging but uh, yeah yeah. But yeah rigel doesn't rigel doesn't really have an arc i don't i don't expect rigel to have a wrap-up of an arc this no. season but, and that's fine <laughs> that's fine yeah like okay. but we've had some great stuff with aaron and with uh, dargo in terms of their wrapping mm-hmm. up Crichton isn't really wrapping up he's kind of progressing he's just i could see a good See there being a wrap up at the end. We'll see, but it's not happen. doesn't happen this episode. He's still no, doesn't too out of it. No, uh, I'm
1: expecting I'm expecting that to be the final episode of the season. Yeah. To be honest. Because that's when you want to wrap up the arc of your main character.
0: That's true. So we'll see. Meanwhile, back in the hole under the floor <laughs> where Jelena and John still are. Mm-hmm. Um Jelena's asking him if he wants to be with Aaron and she needs to know before she gives up everything to go and um, go along go, with them. Yeah. Uh, but Aaron arrives before he can answer because he's being very evasive. G- evasive about the whole thing. Doesn't he's say like, anything. Do we need to talk about this now, and she's
1: like, "Yes, if I'm, I, if I'm to leave with you and leave this all behind, I need to know this." Yeah, I and think- I like that. Every time we have Jelena, we have her music cue, which was established in I think uh, PK Tech Girl, mm. and it comes back here again, and it's a very melodic. Oh, it's it's, a, it's a, it, I think it's a wind instrument but I can't place it. Yeah. It's very minor, it's very light but it really works for it yeah. has that romantic feel into it. it yeah,
0: well. it, it's very much the kind of romantic melody which yeah. is a little bit... It's not as on the nose as a romantic melody. It doesn't yeah, have its own yeah, yeah. thing going. Its purpose just seems to be like this is Jelena's theme but it's deliberately like a romantic link between her and Crichton. Which mm-hmm. for a character's own theme is a little bit kind of one-dimensional, but it does what it's supposed to do. And so Aaron has uh, turned up and, okay, we've got the identity, chip, we can get out of here. And John's like, right, I'm off, let's go. And then Jelena asks Aaron if she wants to be with John because John's not answering her. And um, then Aaron avoids the question. Yeah, because she's like, look, not now. We don't have time for this. Like, uh, if you don't go with us, you'll be killed. They'll find out and they'll kill you. So does not even does it really matter at this point? And, yeah, I'm kind of with Eren on this. It's like, okay, I get that if you go with them and, you know, he's not in love with you and she wants to be with Eren, it'll be awkward. Sure. You won't be dead, though. Yeah. <laughs>
1: like, look, Dargo's a very nice guy. He's even into peacekeepers, so we might be able to set something up.
0: At the very least, you won't be captured and killed or tortured yes. by the peacekeepers. So come with us. But Jelena actually kind of decides to do the other thing. She says she'll take care of herself, and she just runs away. I mean, to be uh, completely honest,
1: she is able to take care of herself.
0: Yeah, but it, she's
1: shown that she can, and I I wouldn't be su- I wouldn't be surprised if she's able to hide hide herself.
0: It's true, but it's a much bigger risk. than yes. going with them. Um, but then
1: again, do you realize that you're asking her to do what Aaron did by oh, yeah, her
0: life behind? That's true, like, you, she is being asked to throw her entire life away. It's not an easy decision, but nope. she says, right, I'll take care of myself. And because they're running out of time, Aaron, Aaron's like, right, okay, fine, fine, I'm gonna go, let's, let's get out of here. And so back on Moya, which has now been repressurized, and the baby has been mostly born, except that the part of the offspring can't actually get out. It's uh, not a normal Leviathan baby. No. we get a visual of it and it's covered covered in weapons yes it's,
1: it has a similar shape as Moya as in it has a bulbous part at the front mm. it, it's actually a smaller bulbous part and it doesn't have three uh, s- stalks meeting at the end and the tip no not three there's two big wing like structures going to the back
0: no, there are three. There, oh, there are three. There's, there are, it has two on the side and one coming out from the middle, except they, oh. don't, they don't meet up. They're much further apart. When you look at Moya, you've got the, the limbs that come out the back and the uh, thin part coming off the bulbous front part, and they all go together and they meet up, and the wings on the side are very thin. Mm-hmm. With Moya's baby, the wings on the side are actually thicker and have a uh, connecting part. They're, they look more like kind of nacelles. And there's mm-hmm. the long part coming off the middle, which doesn't meet up with them. It's uh, sort of, it, it's much kind of a wider design. But it's also yeah. covered in weapons, which it's not supposed to. Well, Leviathans aren't supposed to be. Leviathans no. don't have any weapons, and there has never been a Leviathan with weapons before. And Pilot figures out that when Dargo broke the contraception wall half a cycle mm-hmm. ago, which was in They've Got a Secret. Yes. He released a catalyst, which must have contained DNA sequencing to produce weapons. Which explains why
1: in They've in Got a Secret, that stuff was so incredibly uniform. Right, like yeah. Like, even regimented. I mentioned that at that point. Yeah. Partially knowing where that was going. <laughs> but that was actually probably a specific coded piece of uh, genetic material. And that's why it was uniform, because it was just clone to high heaven without any variation yeah, It's in
0: it. basically genetic engineering. To produce a Leviathan baby with weapons, it's just like a Peacekeeper experiment. Which is
1: interesting that they put that experiment in Moya.
0: Yeah. Why? I How? It was a,
1: She was a prison ship. I mean, I, you usually don't double up on your functions, especially not with
0: experiments. Well, that contraception wall was there. It was in place to stop it from happening, so it's yeah, but, possible. So but here, it was... It was still, it, what was behind the wall was still an experiment. Well, here's... Okay. This is just some spitballing, some theorizing. Okay. I, I, I didn't expect there to be a reason, but go ahead. But, okay. This yeah. is kind of like trying to figure out, trying to reverse engineer how, why this would make sense. And mm-hmm. this is not to, like, defend it. In story, it's like... It's oh, kind I, of I, have no, of,
1: I have no problems with it being in the story, because yeah. it makes for a very
0: interesting story, and that's enough yeah. for me. Um, but what, okay, so here's what I figure. Here's some headcanon, I guess, is that... Say Moya was going to be used for this experiment, but then they needed another Leviathan transport, uh, so they put the contraception wall in to put the experiment on hold until Moya had completed her mission. But then, of course, Moya's mission was then interrupted before they could get back, remove the contraception wall, and continue with the experiment. Ah, uh, that would make sense. That's how I would explain it. And I mean, I'd, we might get that explanation. Who knows? Somewhere. Maybe we will. I actually I actually don't know. Like, A lot of the time I'm trying to keep... Things that I already know back from when we do this, just so that we don't, so that we explore the episodes as they happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but this time I'm not. I have no idea. I can't. I can't remember if that ever gets no, explained. I, I assume
1: that, we're, that we might get a throwaway line later in yeah. later in maybe season two or something. But uh, I, um, I like that idea. That does make a lot of sense.
0: So there you go. That's my headcanon for why uh, that was in Moya specifically. Yes. Um, but what's actually happening is the offspring is. It can't get out properly, and what it's go- what it's doing is it's charging its weapons to try and break free. Because so it's scared. It's like, I want to get out! I want to get out! Wait, I have these guns. Well, I'll shoot my way out! Yeah. <laughs> lose like, your mother. <laughs> yeah! It's a scared newborn. It doesn't kind of know what it's doing. So, yep. they, um, Chiana... Actually, Chiana comes up with a plan to try and uh, help. It says, wait, can I get me down into one of the vents near there? Can you put a uh, breathable atmosphere in there? Because I'll try and loosen something and get it out. Mm-hmm. So pilot does that. It gets down there into the vent and is trying to force some stuff out of the way. It doesn't quite work, though. Yeah. Um, so Chiana has another idea, which is, okay, the only way to cut free is to allow the offspring to fire, but only to fire a low-level blast.
1: Yeah, because... She's like, okay, we need to get this out. Well, if we do a low-level blast, it would break break this part apart, and that means it, she wouldn't ha- the kid wouldn't have to start firing everything else at maximum power.
0: Yeah, and so they're able to do that. They're able to communicate that, I think, because Moira is still connected to her child. And the child does listen to its mother in this yeah. case. and so it's just a low <laughs> it's a low-level blast which sends fire up the. Up the uh, shaft that Chiana... Gianna has to run like hell, and she just manages to get out of there uh, before being caught by the blast. It's yeah. it's very kind of tense and uh, yeah, yeah. is really running from the
1: explosion, of being <laughs> thrown away by the shockwave. Kind yeah, of scene. and I like that. Gianna coming back a little dis, like that was a low level blast. Yeah, oh boy.
0: But the offspring breaks free, and everything, everyone is unharmed.
1: I'm assuming Moira's a bit scorched, but
0: but, she, but otherwise okay. Yeah. yeah. This is also intercut along with scenes on the surface where they're escaping and there's just a shootout has started happening now. Yeah. Uh, because they've uh, reached the top of the base and are making their way to the transport pod and then some peacekeepers come up out of the base as well and are shooting at them. They're hiding. There's basically a lot of walls and stone walls and open windows and it's kind of like a ruined area. It's, it's a, a ruined top. area, clearly. Because it was nuked, I think, at some point.
1: That's the only thing they could tell about it.
0: <laughs> and so they're having a shootout, and uh, basically everyone's got a weapon at this point, including yeah. including Stark, who's shooting. Yeah, I do it.
1: like that Stark is also here with, with one of the heavy, shoulder-mounted weapons, uh, yeah. just blasting away. <laughs> and and at first, It's kind of unclear how this battlefield is set up. There is a shot from overhead, like halfway through, but that only shows half of the group. What I I didn't like about this one is that it wasn't clear where everybody was and what was going on. It
0: was very chaotic, yeah. Yeah. Which Which, I I think was probably a little bit intentional, just to be like, this is is kind of mad, this is uh, hectic.
1: I I don't like it for my action scenes. I like to have an idea of where everything is, where everything is going, because that gives you a better idea of what the stakes are.
0: It's because you're a DM, that's why.
1: Not (laughs) the only reason.
0: But it is a reason. (laughs) It's not the
1: only reason. Probably not even the biggest reason. I mean, <laughs> there's a difference between between
0: playing D and D and actually directing something. Listen, we have to get the D and D references back in. We've been slacking. <laughs> <laughs> we need more of them. Okay, okay, fine. It's okay. So you set up the battlefield here. John uses his extra move. And <laughs> <laughs> fine, <laughs> fine.
1: <laughs> this this is the episode where they don't use grid. Okay, that's why. Ah, uh, uh, I yeah, see. Uh, see, they're fine. You happy yes,
0: now? Yes. Hey, okay, great. Finally. <laughs> Uh, this was,
1: what you <laughs> put up
0: with every week. <laughs> uh we do also have some fun dialogue in this because uh as they're having the shootout, ah. uh Stark and John are talking to each other and he's like they reveal to each other what the memories they were that they were keeping. And uh Stark's like, It was a place I saw as a little boy. What was yours? And he's like Oh, it's when I kissed a girl. <laughs> they both laugh they about it. Laugh, laugh about it because they're like, wait, really? That was it? Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and they start
1: shooting at the Peacekeepers. I do like that, like he said, the place I saw as a boy, I'm assuming that's his home planet which he's protecting.
0: Yeah, probably something fine, like that. That's kind of what I read into that. Yeah. And so they're making their escape. There's a lot of crossfire, but then Scorpius appears and he's grabbed John.
1: Yeah, because... As they, as they manage to group up again, because they were separated from in
0: Battlefield, they manage to group up, and everybody leaves, and Scorpius grabs John. It's like, you're not going anywhere. Yeah, he puts a gun to his head. And it's like, you're coming mm-hmm. with me. And, but this is when we have, ba-ba-bum, Jelena appears. She shows up with a rifle. Heroic rescue, and John's immediately like, shoot him! I,
1: I even like that he's laughing, like, shoot him, Jelena. Like, we got him. Um, but I think she,
0: she, uh, she sh- hesitates.
1: Yeah, and Scorpius just shoots her. John manages to escape because at that point he doesn't have a gun pointed at his head anymore. So he manages to knock back Scorpius. And he has this remote, turns around, tries to fire at Scorpius, who's just run. Because he knows that, like, I'm not waiting for for John to point that gun at me. Everybody else comes back, realizing that, hey, where where did John go?
0: Yeah, and uh, John picks up Jelena and carries her away. and so she's 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 still she's still in pain she's she's not dead yeah she basically gets shot in the stomach and collapses um and so john picks her up and takes her back onto the pod and they go back to moya and so uh we get back to moya pilot says julian managed to scramble the channels before she left so now no one will be able to detect moya for a while yeah but they still Uh, can't move very
1: everything i think
0: yeah and they still can't move very far uh and they can't starburst with the offspring yet
1: yeah, because I assume both Moya and uh, the kid are currently not in that great of health. They're not really no, ready to do anything impressive. I don't even know if the kid could starburst. That's I mean, at this point, we don't know everything. Every possibility is
0: off. I mean, what we can, in fact, like basically the the child is a hybrid of a normal Leviathan and just a ton of Peacekeeper weapons. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's a very unusual, unique thing that they don't know a lot about so right now they're just staying where they are they can't be tracked so they're okay for a while but they'll have to leave eventually yeah Um, and jelena has been is lying down on her bed and zan is tending to her uh but it doesn't look good um no and she's in a lot of pain yeah and john asked jelena why you why she came back for them and she said actually basically she realized what we were talking about that right yeah if i stay here they will find me and then kill me. So I probably should have left. So she yeah, basically and- she realized that she made kind of the wrong choice, and it's like right, we'll get out of here, um. But it didn't it didn't work because well, she got shot. <laughs> yeah,
1: and at this point she, like I mentioned, she's in a lot of pain, and at this point Stark comes in. He's like, "Mind if I help?" Yes. And he holds his hand above her head and gives her a memory. I'm assuming from the place he's been hiding for so long. Oh, yeah, no, it it says, it's explicitly I,
0: that, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah I've, I've been keeping this for a very long time. Yeah. And it's apparently a beautiful place, that's what Jillian tells us, because we can't see it. Yeah. And he says, hold on to that. And it seems to give her comfort and ease her, ease her pain a bit. Yeah. And, and s- at that point, I, I like there's there's a half glance between Stark and uh, Zan that they know they're like, okay, we, we need to leave, we need to leave these two. Uh, alone, yeah. For a moment. John So,
0: so, so they do, and then uh, Jelena, and is, she's in pain, she's, well, she's weary. She's she, dying. She's dying, basically. John is emotionally upset about it, and then Jelena says to John, like, if things were different, could you have loved me? And for a change in this kind of scene, mm-hmm. John actually gives an answer. He says, he actually smiles about it, he says, yeah, yes.
1: I like that, because the question I... <laughs> the question Jelena is actually asking is, like, was it me, or was it the circumstances?
0: Yeah, exactly. And John
1: answers with, it was the circumstances. Yeah, exactly. Like, if Aaron had come into the picture, we could have been... This could have worked out. But, yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, this is just how things went. Yep. And Jelena seems to She's accept okay with that. It. She's like, yeah, okay, like, we tried our best, and it just wasn't meant to happen, and I do like that she asks him to kiss him at the end. Kiss
0: one last time, which he does, and then... I mean, he
1: hesitates for a moment. He's like, uh, and she's like, no, 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 come on.
0: And then he does, and then then she passes away, and she's dead.
1: We hear her breathe her last breath, and I'm like...
0: The thought in my mind,
1: in the back of my mind, was like, Uh. Aaron will forgive me for this. (laughs) Yeah. But she'll never hold that again. She'll
0: understand. Yeah. But that's it. that's... When we get the titles, that's the end of yeah. the episode. That's a heavy thing to end on. Um, and,
1: oh, I saw Jillian's death coming halfway through this. Oh, yeah. For like, some I, reason, like, it's, it is... it te- is I mean, if you know how stories are structured, then you can see that one coming. But what I really like about this hmm. is that uh, a price had to be paid. Yeah. Because they were going up against an entire base of peacekeepers hmm. Uh, Cray, Scorpius, uh, a command carrier in the sky, and they were just going in with a small group and getting out. Oh, yeah. And to to have your enemies remain serious and remain dangerous, that that can never come without a cost.
0: Exactly. It's much more effective when, yeah, something gets lost because of that. Yeah, in this case it was
1: Jelena, which I'm kind of bummed out about, because I would have liked her on the ship, actually.
0: It would have (sighs) been...
1: Do you want a love triangle? Because that's how you get a love triangle.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. I, th-
1: I would have hoped that it wouldn't be, it wouldn't have become a love triangle. I hope they would have. St- I mean, I like stepping away from that
0: personally. <laughs> oh yeah, like I would have preferred.
1: That. I don't like love triangles actually. Well, no,
0: that's that, me neither. But that's that's what I mean is like that's probably why they didn't do that because they have, I mean, they have a, a relationship. I would have really liked like
1: uh jelena bonding with Aaron.
0: it would have been that would have that's what that's the
1: scenes i would have liked and integrating into the group that has gotten more close-knit by this point and maybe her also bonding a bit with gianna because they both came in late maybe stark if he sticks
0: around yeah but like you said a price had to be paid and uh it wasn't i don't know it's probably a little early on for it to be one of the main characters you know that is true. And
1: Jelena, yeah.
0: Jelena is like the secondary character who has a relationship with John, and basically she's... You know, it makes the most like sense.
1: That, I do like that between the three episodes, the the, the few episodes that we see her, uh, Pika Tech Girl and, and the last two episodes, Yeah, that there is an arc for her.
0: Yeah, She absolutely. does get
1: a small arc. Like, the fact that first she... she uh, They fall in love, she wants to come, uh, she can't, she decides to stay... Yeah. Unless that that's a bad idea, and this ends.
0: I wish she really a,
1: is a love interest character, yeah. Part.
0: That's what I was gonna as say. I, as I, I, about, I like wish that, that uh, I do wish that she'd been given a bit more of an identity beyond being a secondary love interest for John, yeah. Which we do get, we get a bit more of that in PK Tech Girl when we find you know her backstory and all of that, but that doesn't really get mentioned much. She's just oh. and but. You know, I think all all told, it was actually it was pretty effective, and yeah, it was nice to see her pop up again. Yeah, uh, but after everything else in the episode, like the standout scene for me has to be uh, Aaron confronting Chris. yep yeah. Uh,
1: I mean, real I, good. There's
0: nothing I can add
1: to that. I've already said why it's good.
0: Yeah, um, I love it, and we've had culmination of her entire arc for the for the season. Yeah, and I I love that. Just kind of like throwing off finally the. I'm not gonna even think about going back. I don't care anymore. Goodbye.
1: She's finally thrown out the last shackles, attaching her to the Peacekeeper, her Peacekeeper past. Yeah. Frankly. Yeah. She's now like, she now is her own independent person. Way. Perfect. Okay. So, this is a tangent.
0: Okay. We might cut it out. Tangent time. Hats, you watch a lot
1: of Doctor Who, right? Yes. How do you like the writing of the new, the the current showrunners?
0: Hmm. Hit and miss, frequently miss.
1: Yeah, why is that?
0: Lots of reasons. Nothing means anything.
1: <laughs> I mean, what I I've heard you say several times is that the stakes are always right. Do you, the, something is going to be blown up. Something is going to die. Something is. Well, the, st- it, it, the stakes. The, the, the stakes unicorns. are too
0: big. The stakes are too yes. big to fe- to so that you know that it's gonna be fine. And, like, everything is going to be... Like, um, there's frequently, like, the universe is going to explode, or the most common one in Doctor Who is the, it, that Moffat does is the Doctor is dying, which he's done, like, six times. And, like, this, that, you're not going to kill off the main character of your no. show. This is, you know, we know that going in. It, which it, is which makes it... An, it's not effective, storytelling, because you're like, I don't feel any tension for this because I know he's not going to die. No. No.
1: And you can get away with those types of stories if you can get the audience in that split second where that might actually look like the hero is going to fail. Yeah. And I think that's one of the... I, I need to see more episodes of Doctor Who, which I'm probably not going to do, but that might yeah. be the point where Moffat fails.
0: It is. And it I like about this
1: episode is because the stakes are in some ways lower, but th- because in this one you can there's actually something to lose. Yes, You can lose and actually lose something important, which in this case is Jelena.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's what they try and do in the Doctor Who stuff, is they end up, some price does have to be paid, but frequently it gets reset, which is the problem, in that, like, nothing really means anything going on. Yeah, a price Uh, has to be
1: paid, and the price needs to be
0: permanent. It needs to mean something, yeah, which it absolutely does, and this is why I love stuff like Farscape and uh, other things that do smaller stories. Because you can—the funny thing with smaller stories is you can actually have higher stakes. Yeah. Because they—they they mean something. Because you're like anything can kind of happen. This is it, it, uh, Firefly does the same thing very well in that it's one crew of people and about their relationships to a much larger world, and they've got their own stories and their own things that they're all trying to do. Mm-hmm. And so anything can happen to them. When when your stories are bigger and are like we're going to try and save the universe. Or you know, the, something is attacking the universe, it's fine the first time. When it keeps happening, you're like, well, and I, I don't care anymore. And I so think it's, it's
1: also, it, uh, I, and I'm going to tout out a word I might end up using more often. I think it's a part of empathy. Because hmm. the universe is an abstract thing. Yes. You know, I don't have any empathy with that. And it being blown up, that's bad, but that's only bad because we, we are told it's bad. Whereas, I like your idea on Firefly, but I actually go instead of just a character dying let's say a character um a character's reputation being irreversibly damaged, yeah, because we care about this character and we understand what that would mean for that character, we yeah. actually care about that happening or not, and because it 's something that i mean could take the story in an interesting direction, like mm. the universe is blown up, okay the story's over if that actually happens yeah so that's not going to Where happen Whereas the re- reputation is ruined. That could be, go, that story could go both ways and still be interesting, so that's those are stakes we care about,
0: yeah, and the other thing is once you have your first story in which I don't know the universe or your or to another extent earth or whatever yeah okay. gets gets threatened once you have that happen the first time, where do you go from there? like the universe is going to be threatened and may explode, and you save the universe great, you can't go up from there. You can't. Don't, you can't have a bigger. You can't have a quote bigger threat than that. Yeah,
1: but I don't. I don't. I don't think going seeking seeking a bigger threat is the problem. Well, no, because but, what, at I mean, some point you'll hit that ceiling anyway. You need to find that drama in other locations, and you can. E- I think you can easily blow up the universe. Uh, threaten to blow up the universe twenty times. You just need to figure out why we should freaking care about it. <laughs> every
0: time again. Yeah, and so. What Farscape does is it's just... It is. It's smaller stories about this group of people, and it's not about... It's it's not really about spectacle. It's about character. Yeah. That's, that's 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 the major problem I have with stuff like the Doctor Who things that I don't like most of the time. It's all about the spectacle. It's about we're going to have the biggest, loudest explosion, and we're going to blow up the universe twice and it it's not about the characters. Mm. And Farscape is just so heavily based on character. Yes. which makes it so good when it get when it when it is good. Like when Farscape is good it's really good. Um, I agree. When it's bad, we've had one episode so far. It's pretty that's bad. Episodes, but that's yeah. fine. It's, it's just all the all the character stuff is so well done and like again like Grace and Aaron's scene is a perfect example of that. Mm-hmm. It's like it's one it's one person's journey of her throwing off her old life that was oppressing her and is, and and was basically forcing her into uh, servitude as a soldier. And throwing that off and becoming her own person and And rejecting it because for a long time she wanted to go back to it but now she's she knew
1: she couldn't but secretly deep down inside she wanted to and I think at this point she doesn't actually want to anymore
0: exactly and that's just a very simple I mean it's a very straightforward very small contained little thing but it's so great and effective to see that that it's like you do care and you are excited when she's like you know what no Screw this! I'm never going back. You're just like, yes, go on, Aaron.
1: Yeah, and that was, I think
0: that's. Uh, I
1: wanted, I wanted to discuss that because yeah, I, I was no, reminded definitely. of that when we were watching this episode, and Jelena died. I was like, that would that was actually impactful. Like you wanted her to live, and yeah. the
0: story would have been interesting both ways. Exactly, that's um, a stake that could have gone either way. The other thing is one thing I do want to say about like high stakes things and how th- this is different is that um a lot of times with with shows like this or with just i mean fiction in general the good guys usually end up winning yes like so if you have a thing with the i don't know with the superhero film the avengers are fighting uh, ultron you know that the avengers are going to win mm-hmm. and so you like you know, but you but then the, so the story has to do a job of making you feel the tension that they're not going to win and that there is a real threat frequently that doesn't work frequently those threats feel empty because they don't do a good enough job of building up the villains building up the the stakes Mm -hmm. even though you know that they're gonna win but
1: i think the important there's two things you need to think about one you can write it in such a way that in split moments you actually think they might lose yeah and you need to be far more interested in what winning will cost them not only in physical means or like people or uh, yeah. resources but also what what that would cost them emotionally what what yeah. that does to them
0: and i do think that some of the bigger properties that have existed for a long time are actually kind of in a tough spot because they have to have some kind of status quo so that people keep because they keep they keep being made you know they mm-hmm. keep being uh thrown out or well, they keep being published so that you have to keep th- some things the same which kind of hamstrings the writing a bit because you can't do something as bold like um you take the example of doctor who right uh-huh you can't kill off the doctor you just you straight up can't do that oh no, you can't or like the avengers it's like you can't really i don't know you can't kill off iron man I, you might be able to because it's an ensemble cast. The problem with Iron Man though is that he makes the most money. Yeah. <laughs> like which, all of it.
1: Yeah, okay. That's which what I mean. Is like, Junior has had to put his foot down to make sure everybody else gets equal pay.
0: Yeah, but it's it ridiculous. But in something, that, this is kind of self-contained and it's got, it doesn't have to try and like it, it has the freedom to kind of do what it wants which is part of what makes it Really good, I feel anyway. Yeah, yeah. We're we're not even done yet. We've got two more episodes to go.
1: I mean, no, and and there's some you mentioned some things I'd like to get into, but maybe we'll do that uh, later in the uh, the next few episodes because there were some things I wanted to hook into, but this episode is going long enough.
0: Oh yeah, (laughs) we don't want to keep you here for too long. Um, But yeah, that's to to sum up what we thought of this episode. It was I really enjoyed it. If we were going to give it a rating out of five, what would you say? Oh, it's it's definitely it's a, either a four or a five. It's definitely a four, at least, at least a four. At the very least, I'm um, I'm tempted mm. to bump it up to a five because I can't think of anything that was really that really stood out to me as being bad. Mm. And the bits that were good were really good, like Aaron's scene with Chris and. Uh, I think
1: I'm gonna have to stick with a four. Yeah, because there were a few scenes where I was like, "You could have lost that. It didn't do anything." Like, a, a few scenes might have been setting up something, like uh, Darwin and the Quilterblade, and like, it's, at this point we didn't really need the explanation.
0: Yeah, that one does seem a little bit out of place, but... Yeah,
1: and it, it, we didn't really need it, and it didn't really expand on any character bits. Like, the only thing I could see happening is that race that he mentions coming back, and I'm yeah. kind of expecting that to happen, but like I said, I don't know. No. Um, there's also a scene where Scor- it's a very brief scene where Scorpius looks around the fire and then walk uh, uh, along the fire after the battle
0: and then walks away and like we didn't need that. I don't know. I thought that was that was more that felt more uh, in place with everything else because it's yeah. it's you know he's looking at what he has now which is nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fair.
1: But he didn't have the look. Uh, lo- that's the okay. look on his face. Okay. That's what. That's why I, I see fused with it. Fair enough. Um, I, did, I didn't know what the function was and also the fact that there were basically two stories happening separately.
0: I don't think that's necessarily a problem
1: because. Um, no, that's true. But it, it, again, it's one of those minor gripes I have with the episode.
0: Um, I don't. It didn't feel, because of all the setup we've had with like Moya giving birth to the baby, all of that stuff. We that kind of had to happen in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there isn't really a way to tie that in with everything else. Like those are very, those are two very separate stories. I'm
1: pretty sure there would have been a way to do it. You'd had, you, but that would require a different script. Well, yeah, for this like, episode. I'll be, I'll be honest with that. That that would require some heavy rewrites, but I think it's possible. And I'm not going to get into why because I don't
0: entirely know why <laughs> at the moment. It may be. It's. It didn't bother me because it really only becomes a problem for the. A few scenes at the end. The rest of the time, it's like, right, everyone else is dealing with this. We've got to deal with this while they're off doing that. Yeah, that's... Okay. Um, I, it despite did... that, I
1: think I'm still going to go with a 5 out of 5.
0: Yeah, I, let's
1: do it. I'm pretty sure... Sh- it's a low 5, like, on the cusp. But I think it's mostly Aaron's um, scene with Grace that... Yeah, definitely. That compensates for luck. Right that's there. a very good scene.
0: All right, there you go. I mean, that's... That's this is a strong end so far. Mm. We've got two episodes to go before we end season one. We're almost done. We're almost there, and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Next week is going to be the episode called "Bone to Be Wild," mm-hmm. and uh, everything so far they've been. This is hidden memory is sort of a part two of the two-parter that starts with nerve. Mm-hmm. Bone to be wild is still part of the finale, but it's kind of a bit more standalone, um, and so the quick synopsis is while on the run from the peacekeepers the crew of Moya take shelter in a hollow asteroid with a breathable atmosphere and uh, plants but they soon discover that the asteroid is not as free as, of predators as they thought Ooh, so yeah that does sound like a kind of more standalone episode, but uh, uh, we'll see. Uh, that might we, might we might need a breather. After <laughs> yeah, we this. might need to break after those two very heavy uh, episodes. Mm. All those scenes in the Aurora chair. <laughs> <laughs> Take a breather, yeah. Yeah. But we'll be back for that next week. And uh, yeah, that was uh, Hidden Memory. We hope you enjoyed the uh, episode of the podcast. We certainly enjoyed the episode of <laughs> Fast Yep. Oh yeah, very good. And I'm I'm excited to almost wrap up this first season. Yeah. We're getting there. Um so yeah, thank you all for listening and uh in the meantime until next week you can find us on social media. I'm at Twitter. we're both on Twitter, I'm at hats Fred's Up for in Tree. Yes. And there is also the Carmoah Hats Patreon, which is Patreon.com slash which is what allows this to be done. It is thanks to your support and it also supports my Twitch streams and other projects. So Patreon.com slash Hats if you want to check that out. So thank you to everyone who uh has supports on there. And there's also the YouTube and Twitch slash Hats, for archives of previous streams and, and other things. So uh, yeah, we'll see you next time for Bone to be Wild. And until then, goodbye! Goodbye! Goodbye!
1: Hey, Hats, I'd like you to meet my uh, little baby cousin, Bobby. Uh-huh. Oh, hey, wait, does he have shotguns for legs? Look, he's an experimental prototype, okay? Is that a 9mm strap to his head? He's very sensitive about it.